Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, joined by Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have you back on the show, for sure. Missed good you. to be back. Missed you last episode, but how was Kelowna? It was good. We got we lost twice. Oh, tough one. Uh, which was tough, but playing a young lineup, you know, just trying to evaluate some guys. Uh, had... We have a few players at NHL camp, so they weren't available to us. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah, it's just tough. But, but it was preseason. We're all good. Um, were you like, were you at the rink most of the time, or did you get to go out and like see the city a bit? Nah, I was literally at the rink or at the hotel. Oh, that's, was, that's such a shame. Yeah, it's a beautiful city though. I it really, way, yeah. way bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, it, it's pretty nice, especially in the summer. Like, because like, we were driving, like, from the, like, Vancouver side, right? Nice drive. Like, you go down and you see, like, the valley. It's so cool. Yeah, really, yeah, really nice part of part. And then of we're area. going over the bridge and I'm seeing, like, all these, like, huge, like, condo buildings. Yeah. Like, tall. And I'm like, what? Like, I had no idea there was money in Kelowna. I was oh, pretty yeah. Surprised. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, because you, you don't hear about it much, right? Yeah. And especially because really we're mostly out east usually. Yeah. So, you know, no one ever talks about Kelowna, but it's it's quite nice. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of weird. They they still had the the Memorial Cup ads because they were supposed to have the Memorial Cup in 2020. Ah, uh, well, they'll get it which, next, yeah, next time. They'll get it next time. Yeah. Well, not next time, but in the time after. <laughs> Hopefully. In a, they'll get eventually. it eventually. Because, yeah, no, uh, Kelowna's a great spot. I haven't been there in like years, though, so it might be a lot different than last time but yeah no that sounds that sounds like a sweet trip yeah it was it was pretty cool um and yeah yeah nice been good um yeah Yeah, that's sweet man well the good news is is that you know for a lot of the episodes we've done this summer like we've kind of i'm sure our listeners could tell we very much struggled with stuff to talk about at times but this week i think we might actually nail it because there is stuff happening finally now that the off season, we're almost there, like 20 more days till the start of the season. We're excited. Everyone's excited. It's just fantastic. Um, but we'll start off with, so a few episodes ago, I can't remember exactly which, we talked about some of the remaining restricted free agents around the league, right? Um, which there were, there's quite a few of them at the time. I think there's 18 that hadn't signed uh, with their respective teams yet. Since then, we have seen a number of those RFAs sign, including uh, the biggest one, which was Kirill Kaprizov signing his five-year, $9 million per deal uh, with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so far of the deals signed, which one are you liking the best? I, 
I feel like it's too easy. I really, really like the Kaprizov signing. It's just, it, it, it doesn't feel right picking it, but you compare what other teams in the league have paid for that kind of like caliber player. Yeah. I feel like for $9 million a year, they are underpaying for what they're getting. And it's, it, it, I, I feel like Kaprizov had more leverage than, than the other players just because of like Minnesota's cap situation is really, really screwed. So he, he could basically do whatever he wanted. They, they need him because they can't yeah, really he, get like, anybody else. Yeah, no, like Minnesota is like a team that's really struggled to bring in like those elite, elite players, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously like at the time bringing in Suter and Parise, those are elite guys, but it's been a while since they've had a name like that, like Kaprizov, who like gets people excited to watch. Like I never watched the Minnesota Wild really, but I watched them a bunch last year because of Kaprizov, because of how exciting he is. And if the only, like, really the only concern I would have is the sample size. He's only played like 50 games in the NHL. Right. But if he, like the way he played last season, he plays at that level, then it's an absolute bargain. Like I, it's, I don't see a scenario in which he can like regress. Yeah. Like I I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like it's Paul. I think it's possible. Because it's always possible for a player to regress, but he's gonna he's gonna get so many minutes with Minnesota, and we know his raw talent. It just it's like it's so hard for me to picture a regression. Yeah, I don't think it's likely, but like I think it's yeah. a it's a possibility. But obviously, like, but even if he plays like if he plays at the level he played at last season, or maybe even a slight bit worse, because you never know. Playing a full eighty-two game season, it's a bit more physically taxing. If he's anywhere near that, though, then. 9 million is a great, great value for him. Five years. I'm sure if you're, you're a Minnesota fan, you're probably wishing you got more term. Um, but like midterm, five years, it's not bad. Um, you know, you're locking them down for a decent amount of time. It's not like a pure bridge deal um, that we often see with kind of RFAs. And we've seen a couple of this off season as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's a really good deal for both the player and the team. I don't know if you saw the press conference either, but um, there was no you know because it was Garen and Kaprizov. Uh, Kaprizov was in Florida uh, for the summer. Great choice, by the way. Great choice. Perhaps maybe he wants to join uh, you know some of his friends down here in the future. Uh, you know, playing for the Panthers. But uh, yeah, they were talking, uh, and because I guess they just met face to face like a couple of days ago in Florida, and that's why they were able to get the deal done because they hadn't been face to face for the entire summer. Um, and I guess some reporter asked, you know, Kaprizov, uh, you know, like, was it ever close to you going back to the KHL? And Kaprizov said, you know, of course. Oh, no, like, that was never really, like, a thing I was considering at all. And Bill Guerin chimed in and said, oh, careful there. Don't want to ruin your leverage for next time. <laughs> so I, I, I like that, you know, you know, a little joke there from Billy Billy G. You know, keep, keeping it light, you know, after a tough, t- tough negotiation for them. Uh, what about worst deal so far? Worst one you've seen signed of the of the RFAs that were left? Um, we've seen uh, Robbie Thomas, Rasmus Dalby, and Elvis Merzlikin signed a new deal. Um, really, like there's there's quite a few names on here: Yamamoto, Nolan Patrick. Uh, is there any deal here that you're like, oh, I don't like this? Just before we get, to- Dalene was another one I liked. 
I, oh, interesting. I thought, I thought it was. I thought it was a good deal. I think that you know he's probably he's probably worth that six million. And on on the tail end of the deal, in a year or two, he's probably going to be worth more than six million. And it kind of like it gives Buffalo the like leverage to not commit in the midst of this just. I don't even know what to call it. If it's a rebuild or what, a, it is. I believe the word you're looking for is clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> I believe like, it's our tire fire. It's something like along those lines. It's not they're, great. They're obviously not committed to him. Like he's not going to be a centerpiece or anything of, of that clusterfuck or repair. Um, uh, although who knows in the next contract, but I, I thought it was good for both teams. Cause if you're Buffalo, you're not locking yourself into something. If you want to like literally just blow up everything Which and it's a tradable it. contract. I, 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 I do think he has value on the market and he gets a decent amount of money. Yeah. That one, like that one was the one I was actually like most curious to see signed. And it's still an interesting one to me because you know, Rasmus Dahlin, we're all familiar with him. He's former first overall pick. We know the raw talent that he has. We've seen it, you know, before he got to the NHL, and we've seen flashes of it at the NHL level. But just the results don't match the raw ability. Like, based on results only, he's not – I don't think he's a $6 million defender. But based on potential and raw attributes, I have no question he could be worth much more than $6 million a year. And so, like, I'm just, I'm just not sure what Rasmus Dahlin is at this point. I think he's better than what he's shown, but I don't know if he's going to be able to show much better in Buffalo. Like, just because I they're... mean, he's gonna, he's gonna be the undoubted top dog this year. I mean, but could you not have said that the last couple of years? I feel like, like they, they, who is he competing lot... with? Colin Miller. Sorry. Like, like, no, who... um, I. I... Like, I think that they put a lot of eggs in the Ristoline and basket. Oh, yeah. I I think there was always that. I think, no, and I I completely agree. I think he's, I I did not like Philadelphia going to, I thought it was a steep price to pay for what Rasmus Ristoline is actually, but good on Buffalo for getting rid of him. And any chance I get to see Erasmus Ishtalainen on a pairing with Keith Yandel, like, give it to me. Give like, to have fun, Carter Hart. <laughs> oh, Carter Hart, you don't want to play tonight because you're getting shelled? Well, there you go, Marty Jones. Get in there. Martin Jones. <laughs> Just not um, legend. So, I think that he, he does have room to prove himself a little more, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the Sabres tried to, to trade him. Yeah, like I think if I'm the Sabres, like I would have wanted maybe more term just because I feel like Rasmus Dalvey and like first overall pick should be the kind of guy you would want to have to build around. I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, you build your team around Rasmus Dalvey and Jack Eichel. I'm not so convinced, like, that I like, like, I don't think those guys are going to be there very long. Well, Jack Eichel for sure, which we'll get into later, but. Like, I don't know, three years, Rasmus Dahlin, I, I don't know. But it, it'll be interesting to see how he does next season and a bit more of a role. Uh, can he get better defensively? But at the same time, like Buffalo, you're not contending. You're not near the cap ceiling. Who cares? Throw money at it, whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did not hate the contract. I don't think I hated any of these recent signings. The, the only one I'm like a bit on the fence about is maybe the one, the most recent one from today, Cal Peterson. Yeah, but I, I think that the Kings didn't have a choice, right? No, it's just, it's one of those scenarios where like Cal Peterson, I think he's a decent goalie, like league average goalie, let's say. Right. And I guess based on some of the other deals, like for an average goalie, like $5 million is about the going rate these days based on yeah. what Merzlikens got, based on what Linus Olmark got. Like, I don't think, you know, those, those guys aren't top, top tier goalies, at least not yet. They could potentially get there, but they're good. They're good. At, they're good goalies, right? They're not, right. they don't suck, at least at the moment, because goalies can change. But to me, $5 million for Cal Peterson, it's like a bit rich, let's say, like just a little bit too much. But then like, to me, like, I don't, I don't know how this is like a win for the Kings because you're paying him. Like you're not getting ter- like the, the amount of money, like 5 million a year signals to me that you really believe in Kyle Peterson. But then three years kind of signals you don't really believe in Kyle Peterson. So which is it? Yeah. Is, that, is he your guy or is he not? And I don't know based on this deal. I, I, I think in the short term he is their guy, but I don't think he should be their guy. Yeah. I, you know, it's, he's kind of like, to me, he's in between that starter and backup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's like, he's, I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he's still young. He's 27. And also he went to Notre Dame and I'm a big Notre Dame guy. Cause I love, yeah. And so like, respect. that's what, that's what it costs to get a goalie. So as much as it may be a bad contract, like there's a lot of those for goalies this, yeah. this off season. Yeah, and we really don't want to get into talking about goalies and bad contracts. That's a slippery slope, you know, as Panthers fans. <laughs> so we won't even touch on it really too much. And then also, just before we move on, also like very surprised, like Brady Kachuk and Patterson and Hughes, not none of them signed yet. Uh, yeah, I, I think I heard we heard Benning today say that they were talking every other talks. day and it was positive. And I'm like, those are you two best players. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, and, it's like, and what else are you going to say if you're Jim Benning? Like, I don't expect him to come out here and be like, y'all, like, guys, these negotiations, not going well. <laughs> like, of course, he's yeah. going to say it's going well. Exactly. Um, I'd say they're more likely to hold out than Brady Kachuk. I think the Brady Kachuk will come – well, in the next days, I, I feel like we're going to get the um, the announcement that he signed in, in yeah. Ottawa. Well, on the surface, the Brady Kachuk one should be a much easier one. Because the money, like, they have the cap room to give him what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's an 8 by 8 right? The only real limiting factor is that Brady Kachuk probably wants signing bonus money. And Ottawa t- typically doesn't do signing bonuses, right? That is literally it. Cap's not a factor. Money's not a factor in terms of overall money. Vancouver, their cap situation is just a nightmare. It's a bit of an understatement, but yeah. So there's just a lot more maneuvering there where it's like, I understand it more why, like, Pedersen and Hughes aren't signed because it's a bit tricky, but like Brady Kitchuk, like just, just give the guy a little something up front, a little, a little signing bonus. Yeah. And we'll absolutely. That, and that gets sorted like immediately. Like, he, he's obviously the future of that franchise. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, hey, if, like I, I don't really get why they're, they're hesitating to commit. Like, he, you don't really have a choice. He's your guy. 
Yeah, especially like when you've already you've committed to Thomas Shabbat too. Like, it just seems like there's no reason really other than the signing bonus thing as to why he wouldn't have signed. But there's also the possibility that by the time this episode has dropped, that he has signed. Which Odds like, are, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I don't know if you listened to last episode because it was just me, so you probably didn't. But I was talking about PTOs and some players the Panthers could bring in on PTOs. Two of those guys got on brought in on PTOs with other teams, and then one retired like immediately <laughs> after. So. I'm pretty sure I said Zidane Chara for one of our awards that he was going to win it with the Panthers. Yeah, so you're already 0 for 1 on awards predictions, yeah. by the way. Uh, that, so was, that was real fast. Yeah, it's okay. I'll be right there with you when Jack Hughes doesn't win the Hart Trophy. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll move on because we got lots to talk about this week. So we, we can't just talk about these random players. Um, another random player, though. Here we go. Okay, Evander Kane. One of the big stories of the offseason. He's been accused of a bunch of stuff, but mainly the one that the NHL was concerned with is betting on NHL games. Today, their report released their findings and found that he did not, did not bet on NHL games, or at least they, they couldn't find that he bet on NHL games. But then at the same time, more allegations came out about some other stuff that he did that wasn't like related to gambling per se, but some other personal issues that could affect things. So another investigation. Then the Sharks say, yeah, Vander Kane, he's not, he's not coming. He's not going to be here. Not coming to camp. Right. I, I'm just trying to think like, when is somebody going to like, just, when are we going to just give up on him? Oh, like I'm, I'm already like, I already give up. Like, do we really still want to be associated with a Vander Kane? Like if you're an NHL team or if you're just the NHL in general, like, it's just thing after thing after thing. Yeah, it's just it's just so much extra noise going on that why would you want to deal with it? It's yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I don't think he's like I hope he doesn't start the season. I I doubt he does. Like I I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know what the allegations are going to find, but there has been a lot of them over the years about certain things and you know, it, it's like it's unfortunate because I think like I like the way Evander Kane plays hockey. Like he is that like prototypical power forward. He's in your face. He's mean. He's big. He's strong. He can hit, fight, shoot. Like he's a do it all type forward. Like I like the way Evander Kane plays hockey. But like I just you can't you can't root for him, right? No. And it's such a shame because you know I would love to be able to and to cheer him on, but it, it's just not possible, really. Like. And if it like, and there's just, there's so much baggage that's followed him around from every single place he's played that like, at what point is like, it like, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Like honestly, when you look back at it and you, you, you see what like Buffalo and San Jose put up with when they got him, yeah, like just to get him, like they, they already had to put up with a lot and like it's I don't see another team going for them and oh there's no chance it's it's tough to see him on the sharks especially with that athletic article saying that basically everyone on the team hated him yeah well like, like, that's, like, like that the, must be a weird like that has to be a weird just position you just go into the locker room knowing that every single guy in there hates you Except for Timo Meyer, 
But like, yeah, and like he obviously said, like, that's not the case. And I know someone asked Thomas Hurdle about it in NHL Media Day, and Thomas Hurdle basically said, we're going to discuss that internally. Like, it's private, which is like really the only thing you can say. Right. Um, And Thomas Hurdle's just the best. Guy's an absolute sweetheart. But uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, I honestly don't know what happens with him, really and truly. Like, it's just it's a tough situation for for him, for everyone really. Yeah. And yeah, I, I honestly I, I don't know how it plays out. It's just like it's sad at this point. It, it really is. Um, and also, like, if you're the Sharks, by the way, like you committed like seven years, seven million dollars a year to this player. It wasn't like they committed it right when he got there. Like he played the end of that season, and then they signed him. They yeah. re-signed him. You had to have known. Like he was, he was heavily gambling at that time. Well, that was when they made their run in the playoffs, right? Like they went up against, they were playing in Vegas, and it's reported he lost a bunch of money during that series, right? That was the seven game series, right? Seven game series. That was game seven. The yeah, and there were that's part of like I was reading some you know documents and stuff, and there were some allegations from from that series. But so if you're you're you know if you're the Sharks, you're their management, you're the coaching staff, you know all this stuff about Evander Kane you know that there's, you know, some issues there, or maybe some rift between him and teammates, and you're still going to commit to him for seven years, right? And my guess is that he was not he, – he was a bit more under control in that first season because there was Pavelski still there, because they had some of those veteran guys still around. I believe Thornton was still there. So because you had those veteran guys kind of keeping him in check, it wasn't as much of an issue – the minute Pavelski leaves, the minute Joe Thornton leaves, Patrick Marlowe is no longer there, although he did come back this year. The minute those guys aren't there keeping him in check, I think that's when it maybe started to go off the rolls. But that's just pure speculation. I have nothing to prove that. But that's my guess. Yeah. I I I don't think you're you're far off. Well, I mean, we'll probably we'll never know. know. Well, we'll never know. This is just that's just based on what that's that's just my thinking right now. Because they mustn't have, like the Sharks, there's no way if they knew about all this personal stuff, I think, that they're going to commit that amount of money to that player. Because, like, it's just, it's not worth the headache, right? And no, so, it really isn't. Like, But we've seen, you know, Evander Kane in Buffalo, in Winnipeg, in San Jose, and all these issues, but, you know, with teammates, whatever. And so the only reason that wouldn't have come out, I think, is because of the vets that were there. Yeah. Just running the ship. And when they're yeah. gone... And now it's, you know, Evander Kane and Logan Couture's team and Timo Meyer and Thomas Hurdle. And, you know, maybe, you know, they're just not ready for that. It, it was a young group that was used to having that veteran presence. And then you kind of went cold turkey on them. Yeah. And I think that's when you get into like a lot of people talking about the importance of intangibles and veteran leadership, especially around young teams. There's a lot of good young players in the league, but it can be easy for, you know, to kind of, go down the wrong path maybe or not make the right decisions on or off the ice if you don't have veteran players who have been there done that showing you the way um and that's why you know we got jumbo joe now in florida who's absolutely 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 gonna crush it in this mentorship role we assume uh he has to oh he has to i mean earlier reports are everyone loves the guy and i mean how can you not it's jumbo joe it's joe thornton the guy is basically my childhood you know growing up so like 
gotta love it. Um, but we'll talk more about Joe in a bit. But last thing before we get into some actual Panther stuff, it's a Jack Eichel situation. Because oh you, boy, oh boy, is it? It's fun. It's a. It's it's one of the more intricate and interesting kind of developments across the league that I can remember in a long time because there's just so many like layers to it. So many like personal like questions and ethical stuff goes into it. Right. And it's a, it's a bizarre situation to be in. Man, the the Sabres fucked him over so bad. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Let's I'm start. Sorry. Let's, let's start. Let's, like... let's let's start. Let's recap what we got going on. Just oh. set the set the scene. Oh, Jack okay. Eichel hurts his neck somehow. Wasn't looking for his teammates on two on ones. I can tell you that because he always shoots. Um, but he's hurt his neck. Needs surgery. Sabers don't want him to get surgery. Eichel wants the surgery. They won't let him get it. He wants out. They still won't let him get the surgery. They don't like any of the trade offers they're getting. Now he still doesn't have the surgery. And it's reports are looking like because he hasn't had the surgery yet, um, he would miss the Olympics, which would be a huge loss for Team USA. Uh, and it's likely that when he shows up to training camp, which he will show up at, he uh, won't be medically cleared to play. Um, so he won't be able to participate in camp. And that it's possible that they take the captaincy away from him. So thoughts? Like His purpose for going there is literally to get Sent home. Sent home. Yeah. That's the only reason he's gone. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous to me. Well, I mean No, it's kinda it's kinda like in like like something like in high school. I used to be on our high school wrestling team and I uh-huh. suck so bad, right? But we'd have like wrestling tournaments and I would literally show up and I'd be there for like 15 minutes and I'd get to go home. <laughs> because it was like I'd show up, lose, leave. Because the match is only like five minutes. So like it's that equivalent. He's just gonna show up just to get sent home. Yeah. But, I mean, and then, yeah, sure, take the C away from him, I guess. But, like, just trade the guy or let him have his surgery. Yeah, like, it's just, it's so frustrating to watch just from a pure hockey perspective to be robbing a player of his caliber from his prime years in the NHL. Yeah, like, a healthy Jack Eichel is so good. So good. Yeah, like, he is in that mix of, like, top, top centers in the league. He's so fun to watch. Um, and we just haven't been able to do that because of this entire situation. Um, God, to be frustrating for the player. I don't know what the team is thinking. Like, I don't, I don't know why this is the action they're taking. Like, I have, like, I have no idea if they're actively shopping him either. I really don't know. Well, I'm sure they've gotten offers. Apparently, they don't like the offers they're getting. But it's like I wonder how far off they are that they're not even like actively like pursuing in talks. Do they just not think anybody can offer them what they want? Yeah, like unless the offers are just like horrendously low, there's no like you got to do something here. Like because right now you're just sitting on a huge asset and just slowly allowing it to depreciate. And so for, for what? Like what reason? Yeah, I. It's it's so tough. Yeah, like. I. He's so good, and we haven't seen him in, what two seasons? 
Oh, we saw him. A, I think we saw him a little bit last year. Yeah, a little bit, but like because I drafted him in one of my fantasy hockey leagues. Rip. It's it's been so disappointing and how it's so poorly been held held. Yeah, like, and like we've like we've seen it a lot with like teams like that are kind of in Buffalo State like rebuilding teams, right? We've seen a lot of rebuilds in the last like let's say five ten years, right? Mm-hmm. Like Panthers have been one of them. Uh, Oilers come to mind. Leafs come to mind. Coyotes come to mind. I don't know if I've ever seen a team at this level of failure consistently over the like a decade to the point where like, even like, like Edmonton, they had their like decade where they missed the playoffs, right? Every year, like same as the Sabres, but at least in those like last couple of years, right. You can see hope, right. You see McDavid come in, right. You have Taylor Hall, you have Jordan Everly, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is there. Justin Schultz, sure. Let's say he was good, uh, right? Like Jeff Petrie was there. there. Like there were there was there were signs that they were like trending in the right direction, right? Right. Towards the end, there. We are now a ten years into the Sabers playoff drought, I believe, and they look so far away from the playoffs still. Yeah, I. They kind of remind me of the New York Jets. Wow, that's a ruthless comparison, but like very accurate. <laughs> like, but but I give the edge to the Jets because they actually made a conference final in the past like fifteen years. Well, no, no, I, I, fifteen years though. Sabers, I believe, went to the conference final in 07 That's true. So they, they are oh, the actually Jets. they're identical. They're the Jets. They are the Jets. Perfect. That like is the t-shirts print them off because the Jets made it oh six oh seven. Yep. Wow. Wow, we've really nailed on. this. Just, yeah, just we've really nailed two this. absolutely mediocre franchises. Yeah, and they're both still so far off. So far away. Like, it's actually, it's brutal. But, it's, and, yeah. and I, like, I honestly just feel bad for, like, Sabres fans at this point because they're good fans. It's a good city. It's a good hockey city. And yeah. I don't know how you put up with this for a decade. No, but. I mean, I mean Panthers fans, like, we can kind of relate a bit because they're right. a ton of success, but, like. Right, and hopefully tickets stay cheap. Yeah, that's always nice. Cheap Sabres tickets, yeah, yeah, tickets ever. It's always the best. It's always the best. Yeah. Okay, last thing here before we get onto the Panthers, because I just forgot we were going to talk about this. Um, so today, it's it's kind of media day across the NHL. Some teams announcing there's a few players who are not vaccinated, and because of this, they are set to miss like a good portion of their team's games this year. Uh, we know the, the Islanders said the other day that they have a player who's not vaccinated. Everyone wants to be, all the teams are trying to be hundred percent vaccinated. Right. And they're being, it seems like GMs are being pretty like firm on this. So Lou Lamorello said they have somebody who's not vaccinated that they're looking into assigning to Europe. So we obviously don't know who that is, but when they assign somebody to Europe, we'll have like a pretty good guess as to who it is. Um, and then, two players today who uh, came out have not been vaccinated and will miss games because of border restrictions. Uh, Josh Archibald got uh, like a, like a bottom six players for the Oilers. So not like hugely important, but Tyler Bertuzzi with the Detroit Red Wings. That's a big, that's a big player for them. Yeah. And he's and just a, fine with missing all the games in and Canada a, and a player. They just resigned, just resigned this off season, I believe. Like, 
Steve, Steve Eiserman came out and said, like, I res- like it's disappointing, but I respect his decision, like, or his his right to to choice or whatever. Like, I get that, but like, you have to be so frustrated. Oh, like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's it's the player's choice, and the like, the NHL is making it. They're adding a lot of pressure on players to get vaccinated with the the rules they have in place, and. I think for the most part, that's been effective in getting players vaccinated. Like the vaccination rate across the league is very, very high. Um, and I think there's a decent amount of players who without the the protocols probably wouldn't have gotten vaccinated. But they figured, you know what, like it's a paycheck. It's my job. I like playing hockey. It's for my family, whatever. So they get vaccinated and they go out and play. But like if, I, if, I'm, a, if I'm on the Detroit Rooms, though, and I'm a teammate of Tyler Bertuzzi's, like I'm pissed at him. Like it's it's such a selfish decision when you take that into account. Yeah. Like, I at, at the same time I say that, and it's like, it's it's his right, you know. Like you can't take that away from him. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a just... very frustrating situation. Yeah. And and, and for t- like. And for Bertuzzi, too, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know, you know, what he's like as a person, but, like, I know, like, and we've both played sports growing up to varying levels of, of degrees of success. But, um, you know, it's like when you're, like, hurt or something, right, and you're watching your team, your teammates playing a big game, how much, like, doesn't that just eat you, in, like, eat you alive inside that you can't be out there playing with them, right? Yeah. Like, is that not going to crush, like, Tyler Bertuzzi, like, like, how do you do that when you're at home watching the game? They're playing Toronto and it's 3 3 with five minutes left in the third period. Like, see, and that's, that's why I'm like super surprised he's not like, we don't know the reasons behind is not wanting to get vaccinated. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure his brother, like, I know Tag Bertuzzi was at Montreal's camp. Yeah. Like, and I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated. Like it's, it's just a really, really interesting situation. I I don't get it personally, but like you have to respect it. Well, it's just like, you know, like it's his decision, right? We can't, you know, we can, we can dislike it or like, right. We can have our opinions on it, but we can't change it or influence, right? It's his decision. But, and also the fact that he's forfeiting like $400,000 in salary because of this. Like four hundred thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Like, a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I don't like. Uh, yeah, at that point, I'm getting vaccinated. Like I'm just like that's so much money. I'm like, imagine. That's why, like, we don't know the reason. Like, I just I can't see a reason that's worth yeah. four hundred thousand dollars and missing thirty games. Yeah. Well, in the Josh Archibald and Edmonton one was like, an, it's an interesting one because he's not as big a player as Bertuzzi, right? Like, if Josh Archibald's not in the lineup, that's not really a huge loss for the Oilers. But first of all, Ken Holland, he did his media availability today, it was very, uh, you know, articulate and trying not to say specifically who the player was that wasn't vaccinated on the Oilers. But then, like, immediately after, went on a radio show and I'm pretty sure said, yeah, it's, it's Archibald, which, like, <laughs> Every internet sleuth, because like I, you know, I'm I'm a proud member of Oilers Twitter just because you know childhood, and so I see all the stuff and all you know the the 
you know twitter detectives out there and it was like very clear like we were everyone was like pretty sure it was him and like lo and behold everyone was right but so there's there's josh Archibald not getting vaccinated right again his choice he's got his reasons whatever they are right but at the same time the oilers are also saying we got alex staylock here who contracted covid last season he's in good like he's healthy guy obviously to be a professional athlete but he will not play this year because of a heart condition he developed because of that and you have these two players in the same organization and it's just baffling and just it's it's really bizarre and like how do you feel if you're like Alex Stalock and you're a part of this team and you you've seen firsthand what you know what COVID can do and how it's affected you and then you got a teammate here who for whatever reason is not getting vaccinated and is going to miss 30 games of your season because of border restrictions. Yeah. Like that's got to be a frustrating one. So like, yeah, that's, that's the word to describe this. Just this entire situation is just frustrating, right? Like there's no other way to put it, I think. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, it's frustrating, but I'm glad the, the GMs and the teams are being like, for the most part, like, very very drawing a hard line in the sand with it because it uh i think doing that and you know really putting an emphasis on trying to get players vaccinated regardless of your stance on vaccines whatever um it lowers the risk of outbreaks and you know we saw last season there was a lot of games rescheduled because of you know outbreaks and you're trying to protect your bottom line. You're trying to protect the product. So the fa- I, I do appreciate that they're being uh, so adamant about the, the vaccines and about following protocols because I don't want to see a bunch of games rescheduled next year. You know, I want to see a no- I want to see a normal season. Yeah, and we want to like actually have fans in the buildings, especially in Canada. Yeah, like yeah, it's. Yeah, I hope we can get it done. I mean, I, yeah, I've been to one sporting event in the last year and a half. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you know, it was a soccer game. But, like, I can't I can't wait till we can get back into those arenas, watch some games, um, and hopefully that can happen soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll move on. We'll talk about some Panthers stuff because we got uh, an article to talk about and some training camp stuff going on. Media day was today. Uh so we'll get into all of that. But before we do, quick little ad read here from DraftKings. Uh, week two of football is in the books, and now it is time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That is promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So Noah, before we get into the Panther stuff, DraftKings betting $1 on any week three game. If you can throw it down, which game are you putting it on? Which matchup just absolutely screams lock of the week for you? Okay, I actually I was looking at this earlier today. There are like actually like I'm looking at it now. There's quite a few. There, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, absolute lock. Let's see. My okay, my lock of the week. If I'm throwing down one dollar on one game here this week, I'm throwing down one dollar on the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's good. I'm going $1 for the Broncos to beat the Jets at Mile High Stadium. Well, now that's that's an interesting one because, you know, I mean, you are a Giants fan, a little bit biased perhaps. You In the previous segment, you did just shred the New York Jets. Fine, I'll go. No, it's fine. No, fine. Go with your bias. Oh, damn it. Uh, I, was and- gonna, I was literally about to go Bills over Washington. Yeah, I think my second lock of the week, I'm going to go with Falcons over Giants. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Talk, not talk. smart. I don't think you guys have an O-line. Like, yeah. I'm, fa- I'm fairly confident you don't. You don't even need one. It's like an optional thing in football. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Danny Dimes is just so good. You don't even need to protect him, right? Exactly. You yeah. can just do like QB draw every time and it's going to be fine. That's like me playing Madden in 2006 <laughs> on GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> Run the same two plays over and over. Over and over. Um, but okay, yeah. Panther stuff. Panther so, talk. Okay, first of all, Panthers media day. Lots of fun. Seeing, you know, lots of photos of the team and the players on the timeline. Big fan of that. Big fan. Spencer Knight looking absolute, like just looks so good. Looks like a future Vesna winner. Um, so absolutely great times. We heard from some of the players, you know, talking about the new additions, um, early reports. Everyone loves Joe Thornton. What else is new? Um, and really overall, like, cause it's not really, it's, you know, it's media day, but like it is getting me very excited for this season. Like I am. Yeah. yeah. Like right. I was, I'm seeing all these pictures and I'm like, Oh, Anthony Duclair looking good. Pretty pumped. Saw Reinhardt in his number 13 for the first time today, which was yeah. like and so excited. Jumbo Joe, by the way, taking 19 away from Mason Marchment. Wow. You know, I mean, legendary. I also like how Sam Reinhardt, by the way, when he was talking about wearing number 13, he did point out uh, former Florida Panther legend, Mark Pissick wearing that number and how he has some big shoes to fill, um, you know, in terms of legends wearing 13 down there in Florida. Uh, so absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely love that from Sammy Reinhardt. Um, what are the other, like, again, it's media day. There's not really too much to take away from it. It's just mostly like excitement really to see, you know, the players back in Florida getting ready, you know, learn a bit about their summers, you know, what they've been up to. Um, but the one thing I did love seeing was like a lot of the posts, like not from the team's account, but from the player's account 
of like each other and like you just see how happy they are to be around each other again and I think that's like a lot of the success from last season came from how tight-knit this group was like how well they get along off the ice and the culture that there is around the team and so to be able to see that I think was just awesome and just gets me so excited you know and they're posting pics like oh look at this guy and it's like <laughs> oh it's it's Carter Hague <laughs> you know it's like oh yeah like I'm so excited this team is just like there's so much to look forward to yeah like there's so much to look forward to i don't know how you cannot like this team like this has to be the most likable team in hockey yeah yeah like hands down yeah it was already probably it probably already was there and then they went out and added joe thornton who like how can you not like joe thornton it's impossible you have to like him you you simply do he's he's too good i mean man guy put up 20 points last year (laughs) Elite. He was playing on the first line, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, it's just, oh, I'm excited for the season. I can't wait. Right. And that was kind of my mood, you know, all day throughout the day, you know, seeing all these posts and whatnot. And then kind of, you know, a few hours before we started to record, see an article on the timeline. And it's one of those articles, and I know some people have pointed out already, and I sent it to you and I sent it to Jacob, our other roommate. And it's one of those articles where, like, immediately you know it's, like, it's bait. It's clickbait, right? They're mm-hmm. clearly just trying to stir some reaction out of me, right? And usually I'm, like, pretty good. I'm, like, oh, I'm not going to take the bait. But today I absolutely took it. It was a ridiculous article just making absolutely no sense. It's an article from Editor and Leaf, right? And I'm not going to read – I'm not going to, like – I'm not going to, like, tag the article or anything because, like, quite frankly, I don't want to give them any more, like, reads because I've already read it several times. Mm-hmm. And like that just seems unnecessary at this point. But it's basically editor and leaf. So it's a it's a leaf, Toronto Maple Leafs writing service for those who don't know. Um, so you can guess there's a little bit of bias. Um, but the caption on the article, I'm gonna read it out here, says some analysts are picking the Panthers to be better than the Leafs, even though Florida lost their MVP, has absolutely no depth. And they padded their record last year going 19-4-1 versus Columbus, Chicago, and Detroit. Hashtag Leafs forever. So immediately I saw that and said, well, this is just ridiculous, right? Like, my goodness, is this Fox News? Like, what the? Anyways, (laughs) I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, (laughs) But, like, just ridiculous. Right out of the gate, I was like, what? First of all, like, that's this is not even the article, by the way. It's just the headline to the article, right? Right. I was like, first of all, no depth. Look who's talking, Leafs fans. Um, I'm sorry, who's that on your fourth line? Pierre Engvall. Who (laughs) exactly? No disrespect, Pierre Engvall, though, but like, come on. Um, Florida lost their MVP. I'm assuming they meant Chris Drieger. Now, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, Noah, and I know I'm not wrong, but was Chris Drieger not usurped in the playoffs by one Spencer Knight? I believe you are correct. So would that probably point to him not being the team's MVP? Or or let's say he was. What if there's a player better than the MVP? Yeah, what if the entire like, team's just MVPs? Exactly. Well, I mean, we I asked you this question before we started recording. I said, 
who's the Panthers MVP. And I believe we both agreed that there is only one option for Panthers MVP from last season. And he's not on the ice. He's up in the press box and it's Bill Zito <laughs> getting it done. Bring MVP. MVP. There is no other option. I mean, yeah, sure. Barkov was great. Hubert was great for Hagee was fine, whatever, whatever. But Bill Zito assembled this Bill team. Zito. Has to be Bill Zito. But so anyways, I sent you this article. We, uh, you know, you read it. Thoughts? It was oh. okay. Um, Actually, no. We're gonna, we're gonna go section by section here because I'm just we're gonna start. It was off. bad. Just spoiler alert. It was bad. All right. And, you know, I, I don't want to. You know, I don't like criticizing other people and their work because, like, quite frankly, like people criticize us for doing this, and like we don't really care that much. But like, no. it doesn't seem very nice. But like that that is what it is. But on top of just bad take, followed by bad supporting evidence, followed by bad writing equals a bad article okay let's start her off here so they're basically the premise of the article is they're comparing the leafs to the panthers right two teams kind of you know top of the atlantic projected to be near the top of the uh the division this year in the atlantic division right so we're gonna start off right they're talking basically about they start off talking uh about you know how easy the Panthers had it last year because they played in a division with Chicago and Detroit and Toronto had to go up against the Goliaths of the world in the Ottawa Senators and Vancouver Canucks, right? Right. So that's that's the start. Okay. But we're gonna dive in. So they're comparing the two rosters, right? And talking about how the Panthers lost their MVP, despite the fact that he really wasn't their MVP. But we'll start off. We'll talk about um they start off with goaltending. And the first thing they point out is that the Panthers have uh, not a very good goalie on not a very good contract and Sergei Bobrovsky, which I would agree is probably a fact. Like I think Bobrovsky can still be better than he's shown in the last couple of years, but the, the criticism of the contract is probably fair. Right. Yeah. You know, let's, you know, let's not be, you know, Panthers homers here. It's not a great contract. It's yeah. It's not ideal. So they follow. So they talk about that, and then they say huge edge to the Leafs here. Huge edge to the Leafs. Emphasis on huge, right? And for our listeners, the Leafs have Peter Mrazek and Jack Campbell. Um, Peter Mrazek famously uh, has been mediocre pretty much his whole career, yeah. and Jack at Campbell got good for like thirty games last year. So there's your recap of their goalies, by the way. But Jack Campbell, really nice guy. Um, and. You know, you can criticize Sergei Obrovsky all you want, but like Spencer Knight's going to be the guy this year, correct? Right? Uh, we... Yeah. All right. So, with regards to Spencer Knight, they say, but the Panthers do have a potentially strong rookie goalie in Spencer Knight, but you can't predict goalie performance to start with, let alone a rookie. So, huge edge to Toronto here. So, you can't predict goalies. You can't predict rookie goalies, especially, but we predict the Leafs have better goalies. <laughs> so, that's just nonsense right out of the gate. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Leafs goalies, Panthers goalies. Who are you taking? Panthers goalies. How is this like even a debate? I, I like I don't even get that why they would even talk about it because it's so obvious. Yeah, like okay, I would say like collectively, I might give the edge to the Leafs here. Like let's say, um, on a scale, no, a scale at hundred, right? Let's say Peter Mrazek's a seventy. Let's say Jack. Let's say no, Peter Mrazek's a seventy-five. Jack Campbell's a seventy. Sergey Bobrovsky is a 60, Spencer Knight's a 90, right? Just. Yeah. So, I mean, 
the yeah. math would say the Leafs better goalies if you add them both together, right? But in hockey, and this is true, you play one goalie. Yeah. So I guess the, I, I think yeah. Of those four no, goalies, th- you're right. Spencer Knight's the better goalie. He's the best goalie there. By far. I know and the I sample size Bobrovsky's is small. Ab- as, I don't think Bobrovsky's as bad as they paint him to be. No. Like, he did show some really good glimpses last year. Yeah, he did, his overall he... product wasn't great. And the fact that he's earning $10 million makes you criticize his game I feel like more. Yeah, I feel like that's where most of the criticism comes from is the like, contract. There, there's a big, like, subjectivity when analyzing Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, if Sergei Bobrovsky got paid $3 million a year, there's no criticism, right? Yeah. But the reality is, and I don't think he was, like, brutal, brutal last year, but the reality is, is that Chris Drieger was exceptional, and that made Bobrovsky look even worse. And then Spencer Knight came in, and it made Bobrovsky look worse once again, right? But he's not that bad a goalie. He is just very much overpaid. Exactly. And it doesn't even matter because Spencer Knight is the greatest goalie I've ever seen in my life. So they give the edge to the Leafs. We, I think, both disagree. But yeah. now this is this is really this is where it gets fun here. Right, let's talk forwards. All right, Leafs forwards versus Panthers forwards. And just to to be safe, I'm going to pull up uh, both teams' uh, depth charts and rosters um, just to make sure you know we we account for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, the first point the article makes is that uh, up front, so talking about forwards, the Leafs have two players significantly better than the Panthers' best players. So. I assume from this, they're referring to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner being significantly better than Barkov and Huberto. To which, regardless of how you feel about them, whatever, I actually, I don't know if you remember this because it was a few months ago, but I remember Jonathan Huberto being actually quite good in the playoffs. Like quite good for the Panthers. Yeah, And I remember Mitch Marner only the only play I can remember from the playoffs from Mitch Marner was him tossing the puck over the glass for delay a game. <laughs> so I I will concede though, I do think Matthews is the best of the well, four. So I was talking about this with with Felix and Jacob, uh, my roommates, and you know, sometimes guests on the show. Yeah. We said, all right, let's take those four players, let's rank them, right? I think one respectively is Austin Matthews. Yeah. Right. Because I think he's a top three player in the league right up there with McKinnon and then behind McDavid, right? Matthews. But then I think it's Barkov, Huberto, and Marner. Yeah. And I think Huberto and Marner can, like, interchange just, like, based on just how they're, like, doing. I I think they're very even players, to be honest. I think they're very even, but I'm going to give the edge to Huberto because I've seen him play in the playoffs. Exactly. So I'll give is, the edge there. Th- those intangibles, that clutch ability, we have not seen that from Mark. Yeah. So if you're asking me which team, like which duo would I rather have, and my goal is to win the Stanley Cup, which involves playing in the playoffs, obviously, then I'm taking Barkov and Huberto every time. Yeah. I'm taking the two and the three there, and Matthews and Marner can continue to put up blanks in the postseason. That's fine. So – they say edge leaves there. I say I disagree. Then, if you thought that was ridiculous, it gets even worse. They then say, and this is a direct quote from the article, by the way, the Leafs' top six destroys Florida's 
and it isn't even close to being debatable. No. I, I don't, I like, why do we even have to explain this? Like, again, and I can't stress this enough. This is clearly, like, it, it's clickbait, but, like, someone has put this out that, like, this is on a Leafs site, so I get, like, it's going to be biased, but, like, I'm actually, like, questioning, like, have they watched, like, it's, it's, it's almost too much. It's a bit too much. It is. I think it fully is too much. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get a little later into the, into the article, but it's just, it's blasphemous. Like it's just, it, it is, it is blasphemous. Like, so here are just some direct quotes from the article, some yep. comparisons. Now I want to point out that they make these comparisons, but do not provide any statistical or really like really any analysis on them. Like you don't have to go with advanced stats. That's fine. But like, at least give me some concrete examples of why you think a player is better than another player. Yeah. That just doesn't exist in this article. All right. Frank Vetrano is worse than Alex Kerfoot. Okay, so here are my thoughts on this. Like, these players are like, I th- I would say I think Kerfoot's a little bit better because, but only yeah. because, but because he plays, you can play center. Yeah. Right. And like, it's Frank Vachon. So okay, like fair. Fine, fine. But Frank Vachon is worse than Alex Kerfoot, sure. But it's like probably close. Yeah. Owen Tippett. The next point is Owen Tippett is way way worse than Mikheyev. For those of you who do not know. Mikheyev is a third liner on the Toronto Maple Leafs who you might not have heard of. Ilya Mikheyev, he is well known for liking soup, (laughs) not scoring on odd man rushes, and largely being a guy who skates fast and is ineffective. So It's a perfect description of who Ilya Mikheyev is. In other words, a modern day like Colin Greening (laughs) is a kind of throwback to the early like Ottawa Senators. Um, but first of all, give me Owen Tippett all day. Younger, better, oh. can score. I get Mikheyev's fast, but like, does that even like does that matter if there's no like finished product to it? No, right? And like they're very like different players too. Like Owen Tippett's a bit more offensive. Mikheyev a bit more uh, physical nature in his game. But I'm taking Owen Tippett all day, especially when you consider the potential he has in his age. And the way he really came on at the end of last year, and I project he's going to take another step forward this year. Uh, so give me Owen Tippett all day. Um, but this is also just like disregards the fact that Ilya Mikheyev wants out of Toronto. He doesn't want to be there. So, what, like, what is the point? What is the point of this comparison? I don't really get it. I. It seems so pointless. Oh, but it gets even more pointless. Don't you worry. Let's hear it. Oh, all right. You ready for this? Now let's talk about the Panthers' fourth line, which they're projecting to be Noel Achari, Patrick Hornquist, and Mason Marchment, which, like, sick line, right? <laughs> um, they're comparing – they're basically saying all three of those players together are worse than Jason Spezza, um, which to, I would say, like, I like Jason Spezza. He's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time. Yeah, he's, he's been sneaky effective. Yeah, he's re- no, he's a good player. Yeah. But he's also getting older and likely worse – which like I would say Mason Marchment is just coming into his own, but we'll get, we'll get more Mason Marchment stuff later. They then make the comparison that Simmons is better than Hornquist, which like, why do we even need to make that comparison? Like neither of these players are really putting their teams over the top. And I was, I would give Hornquist the edge there too, by the way, I think he's the better player. Oh, without a doubt. I just, I, that comparison is so pointless. 
it's so like it's 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 wrong and it's pointless yeah it just brings nothing like i don't know yeah it is absolutely unnecessary but we'll, we'll keep move on uh and then they finish off talking about uh the forwards by basically saying that actually not basically saying directly saying Marchment is one of the NHL's worst players. I'm sorry. How? How? First of all, I really like Mason Marchment. He might not be everyone's cup of tea, but he is far from the worst player in the NHL. Exactly. Like allow me to remind you that this is a league that currently has players such as Cody Eakin, Ryan McInnes, and John Hayden on them. And you guessed it, that is the Buffalo Sabres forward group. (laughs) (laughs) So I completely disagree with that take. I think they might just be bitter that they gave away Marchment uh, to the Panthers. For nothing. That's the only logic I can think of that statement. Yeah. Like Mason Marshman is big, can skate, hit, fat. He does it all. He's like, love, love, love his game, right? Throw him out there with Ryan Womberg. Chaos. Love it. <laughs> he can play up and down the lineup. Like, my goodness. Um, so I would, like, if you're talking depth, I'm giving the edge to the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Like, not even close. Like, First of all, you got Joe Thornton, who, may I remind you, started last season on the Leafs' top line. Um, Ryan Lomberg, Beast, Vetrano, Achari. Like, this team's so deep. Tippett, Denisenko, Lindell, right? So that's the Panthers' depth. Now let's just, like, hop over here real quick. Let's check out what the Leafs are working with. Oh, my goodness. It's David Camp, who I don't even know, how, like, how you can defend David Camp. Like, yeah, he might be better in Toronto than he was in you know, his other stops like Chicago, but like realistically everything you've seen so far from David camp points to him being worse than uh Mason Marchment, most likely. Um, yeah. Pierre Engvall, as mentioned before, um, who exactly um, Adam Brooks, sure. Who uh, Andre Kasha, he's going to look real nice on their IR because <laughs> he gets hurt a bunch. And like, it pains me to say it. Cause I like, I like Andre Kasha, but he gets hurt quite a bit. Um, it's just, it's not great. Like, okay, like Michael Bunting's cool, I guess. Like, that's nifty. But, like, yeah. the Panthers got, like, six Michael Buntings in the bottom six. So, checkmate. Okay. We move. Defense. Now, you think defense. You When you think of defense, you typically don't think of the Toronto Maple Leafs because they have historically been quite bad at it. Yeah. Like, and I'm not just talking, like, recent history. Like, when you think about the greatest defenders to ever play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who comes to mind and why is it 2011 Cody Franzen? Oh, that's not who I was going to say. Were you thinking Dion? I was thinking Dion. (laughs) Yeah. So. Like, that's the bar, Dion Phaneuf. Yeah, so, okay, so they're going to go in here and basically try to claim that the Leafs have better defense than the Panthers. And I would like to point out too that I feel like as much as you know, some people might think we're a bit biased because this is a Panther show. Like, we, I, like I lived with some Leafs fans last year, so I watch both teams a lot. And one team is much better than the other, and it's the it's spoiler, it's the Panthers. Um, I'm so excited for that first matchup. Oh my goodness! I the first time they play in Toronto, I absolutely want to go, but I also don't want to pay like three hundred dollars to sit like, <laughs> Please. in the ceiling. Yeah, 
<laughs> not even in the ceiling to stand outside and look at the <laughs> screen in Maple Leaf Square. Um, but maybe. I don't know. Um, all right, so defense. Let's just talk about it. All right. Opening sentence, talking about the defense. The Panthers' blue line is really bad, too. Sick analysis. Okay. Next up. They have a nice top pairing. Well, no shit. I mean, it's Ekblad and Uyghur. Like, what are you going to do about it? Um, they're talking about the defense. They concede that the the best defenseman of the two groups is Mackenzie Uyghur, which is a unanimous fact, and anyone who says differently is biased and incorrect. Um, these are just facts. Um, but after that, after the top two, they say they have a nice top pairing, but I'm not sure a single one of their other blue liners could make the Leafs this year. Maybe now that maybe Nudavara or Forsling could beat out Justin Hall, but when you factor in how tough Hall's minutes are, I doubt it. Now this sentence screams, I did not watch the Panthers play once last year. Because if you're comparing minutes, Gustav Forsling played on the Panthers top pairing when Aaron Eckblad was out, which was for a good amount of the year. He had a phenomenal year. I would say a much better year than Justin Hall, who is just kind of there. He's fine. He can play shutdown defense. That's cool, I guess. But like Gustav Forsen could do it all. Um, so that just seems wrong. Like Justin Hall is a third pairing defenseman most of the time, maybe second mm-hmm. pairing. Um, so I, honorable, I would, honorable mention to Brandon Montour as also being one of the NHL's worst players, along with Mason Marchman. Like, yes. think about this. The Panthers have two of the NHL's worst players. It's That's kinda, an accomplishment. It's, it's incredible to think that the Panthers had the fourth best record in the league last year with two of the worst players in the NHL. And this is coming from an individual who cheers for a team that for the better part of a decade has employed Martin Marincin. Now, for our <laughs> listeners who are not Leafs fans... <laughs> You're probably wondering who is Martin Marincin. And that's the point is that they repeatedly had this guy floating around the team since like my early childhood. So worst, worst, first of all, like, again, again, just making claims with no evidence. Like we could easily do that on this show very easily. Like, Oh, Noah, Travis Dermott, the worst player in the NHL period. End of sentence. That's the level of analysis in this article. Anybody can write an article like that. It's crazy. Oh, and you bet I will write a, a, a response article because I am that petty and I have looking that much free forward time. to it. Right. Um, and then they talk about uh, some of the other defensemen. So they're saying essentially neither Montour or Marcus Minovara would beat out Sandine, Rasmus Sandine, former first round pick for the Leafs last blue line job. Now, I don't know if you've watched some of Rasmus Sandin's highlights from the NHL playoffs last season, but the entire thing would have been his two crucial giveaways that led to goals against. So if you prefer that player over, and I, yes, I can see Brandon Montour, bit of a wild card out there, but in a fun way, <laughs> right? Like, I, I at least like, at least he does, like Rasmus Sandin, like it's just, it's all risk, no reward. Brandon exactly. Montour, he might turn the puck over, but he also might like jump up into the rush and get way out of position and look awesome doing it. So, like from a like from an effectiveness standpoint, neither are great, but from an entertainment standpoint, it's Montour and it's not even close. 
Um, not even close. And yeah, and then once again, so they they claim that the Panthers' bottom pairing is scheduled to be Forsling and Gudis, which I doubt is the case based on Forsling's season last year. Um, and they claim that, uh, yeah, neither of those players would be better than Travis Dermott, who has been famously mediocre for his entire NHL career. And yes, is Radko Gudis going to win a Norris Trophy? Absolutely not. But will he hit guys a bunch? Yes. And I don't see Sandine or Dermot doing any of that. And Marcus Nunavara, he's fine. That's it. He really is. And and realistically, on your third pairing, that's great. If I don't notice a third pairing defenseman out there, I am happy. Like, And that is Marcus Nunavara most of the time. Yeah. It's... It's not even close. I, yeah. I, I, all right. It's so frustrating that these articles can rile me up. Like, it's, just, it's just like, I know it's what they're going for, but it's yeah, too much. It's just like, it's so bad. Like, you can be a little biased and like a little bit like, oh, Leafs are better, but this is like borderline delusional, I think. Um, but my favorite, I think one of my favorite sentences from the entire article comes here at the end. Um, which says, as for depth, the Toronto Maple Leafs have approximately seven lines worth of NHL players, and most of the Panthers' bottom six would be hard-pressed to crack the Leafs' lineup. Well. No. (laughs) Well, first of all, it's the bottom six anyway, so the bottom six of any team is, like, basically interchangeable, right? For starters, this is a dumb point to make. But, like... In the Panthers' bottom six, like if you're looking at like Owen Tippett, Dennis Senko, Anton Lundell, like if Anthony Declare is falls out of the top six for whatever reason, you know, because guys jump in, like I'm absolutely slotting those guys in ahead of, you guessed it, Pierre Engvall. No disrespect to Pierre. Like who? Exactly. You have proven my point once again. So seven lines worth of NHL players and also – I would like to point out that like the Leafs do have a tremendous advantage when it comes to signing players in the form of, you know, a lot of players being from the GTA, the greater Toronto area, wanting to come home and play, right. That's how they're able to get Jason Spezza on like a league minimum deal. Right. That's a big advantage for them as a team. And the fact that their depth still kind of sucks. I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's just not great. It is not. So, yeah, the entire – oh, and then, by the way, uh, in the last sentence of the article, by the way, they mentioned the addition of Sam Reinhart. So if you're keeping track throughout the article, they have not – other than that last sentence, they did not mention Sam Reinhart. They did not mention Anthony Duclair. They did not mention uh, Sam Bennett and how much of a beast he's going to be this year. So They didn't mention Barkov or Huberto by name. No, they didn't mention those guys by name. Um, they mentioned Spencer Knight in passing basically to prove that he's irrelevant because he's a rookie. Um, so he can't be a difference maker. Um, so yeah, essentially they left off some pretty key players to mention for the Panthers. Um, and my overall review of the article would be that it sucks. It's wrong. Um, it's an absolute disgrace. And uh, the Panthers in my mind are the significantly better team. I look forward to them proving that uh, all season I hope and believe that they will finish higher than the Leafs. It will make me happy and make me feel joy. And I can absolutely roast all my Leafs friends, which is really all I want in life. Um, so that's all. Yeah. That's all we ask for. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that is for this one. Do you have anything to add? No. Anything you want to say before we go? No, I don't. Okay, cool. Well, this was a fun one. I actually really enjoyed recording this one. I had a great time. This article infuriated me. <laughs> I was, oh, I can't, oh, oh, just oh, ridiculous. Just delete. It's amazing. I know. We absolutely felt so hard for that bait, but that's fine. So hard. <laughs> so hard. This is ridiculous. It <laughs> was a point uh, where it's like, I'm concerned about this individual. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone uh, tuning in, listening to, to this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. We enjoyed making it. Uh, we're going to be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk more Panthers hockey, more news from around the league. Should be a lot of fun. Hope to see you all there. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your week and cheers. Panthers are back on top.